mic check. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare one. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Niggas random. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the random. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you're listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I got it together today. Aren't you proud of me? You see, We're sometimes good. she don't be on with me. So. You're not 100. You're not, you're not 100. I'm 100. I am 100. But I missed the cue, so I didn't look at him this time. And he didn't look at me. 99.9. Exactly. She'd be out there surfing too much with the white girls. She'd be forgetting her rhythm and shit. Look. Yes, I'm the black Gidget of Mission Beach, San Diego. As I said earlier, Holla. the Robin to his Howard yeah, Stern. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to call you Robin for the rest of Hour. Can I have a Howard Stern's bank account though? <laughs> so yo, again, you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. As you see, we just being and having a ball. Um, but on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, the craft, stories, shit like that. Yes. Right? You feel me? Yes. So you guys hear her voice. That's my girl, Lisa Lisa Colt Jam, as we call her. A.K.A. what? The street nerdist. The who? The street nerdist. The what? The uh, black digit. <laughs> the the black digit of Mission Beach, San Diego. <laughs> I'm so excited. You know what weekend this is for me what down in San Diego? Oh, is it Comic-Con there? No, not yet. Comic-Con is next weekend, oh. which is going to be off You should have seen her. She's like, I can't go because it's Comic-Con next She's week. like, we ain't taping <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Do you dress like the Star Trek characters or anything? I, you know what? I used to oh, back in the day, God. but now, <laughs> you know what? It, it's too hot down there. Like, it's just too much work. And I just enjoy, now I just enjoy watching other people in their costumes but it is pride weekend in san diego oh, is it? and laverne cox is oh, here okay in san diego well we're in la now but she's down mm-hmm. in san diego so it's nice. an exciting weekend so it's like the party like my old neighborhood so it's mm-hmm. gonna be off the chain for the next two weekends so i'm thrilled you just get it in I, I, psh, good food good drink <laughs> quality conversation two for one, right? you know <laughs> exciting so yo you heard her <laughs> that's my girl lisa bolakaja so if you're grown Let's get it in. Buckle up, people. I'm your boy, Hilliard Guest, as you guys already heard. Check it out. We got a super duper guest for y'all today. We've been trying to get okay. her. For how long? <laughs> for years. Okay, months. <laughs> I want to say years. Nah, it's been years. It's been five years. We've been trying to get this girl on the show. She's always busy and doing, making TV shows and shit. Like, you know, like you can't hang with nobody. You she got ain't got t- no job. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Sit at home. <laughs> now she got kids and stuff. Now she busy. Oh, yeah, my I'm goodness. Busy. I'm busy. <laughs> So, yo, special, special. Y'all need to stand up and fucking applause for this one right here. That's all I'm going to say. My girl, my big sis, my home team. <laughs> I said it about everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> my girl, our girl, uh-huh. Kelly Griffin, y'all. Hoo, 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 hoo. Hello. Hello, hello. Who How is you? also part of the, uh, I'm going to say it. What? I don't care what none of you say people. It, say I don't it. care. I don't care what none of y'all say. <laughs> she is part of the Howard Mafia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're a mafia for okay. real. You know what? <laughs> they be throwing up gang we signs. Run these, you know what? <laughs> I know there's secret codes and the stuff. The real HU. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They run Hollywood. Yeah, they secretly run Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there because I know. 
<laughs> I'm glad you know. Yes. Now I don't have to kill you. I okay. recognize. So I do not get stabbed. No, no, no. You guys have her killed, bitch. You ain't got no time for that. <laughs> you can't be seen hanging around no, her. No, I have several friends who have graduated from Howard and, you know, I have much respect for the school. But oh, thank you. You're a mafia. Yeah, Definitely. We so, again, we got my girl, Kelly Griffin. We talking about freaking writer, producer, creator, showrunner. Goddamn, bitch, which you ain't. Okay. <laughs> do you okay. interior decorate? Hyphen. Do you okay, work? you look in the dictionary on the okay. hyphen. This bitch is smiling like this. Look. And then continue to the next page. Okay, look. Hilarious. <laughs> I thought that we just silly. We Y'all are funny. Silly. Y'all are funny. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm 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 trying to just make it happen. Yeah. Seriously. I got yeah. bills to pay. Okay. That's it. So That's what I'm talking about. Just trying to keep reinventing myself. Right. That's it. Right. You know. So, I learned that quickly mm-hmm. from uh former bosses and everybody else I've seen in the business. Sure. That um usually that especially back for people who are a little older and we only had UHF and VHF. <laughs> before you mean that there, big ass square thing? Yeah, right. With three before, channels? Okay, right, yeah. Before there was like 500 plus channels and yeah. all that stuff. And then we had, you know, uh, UPN again, you mm-hmm. know, before people who <laughs> were a little older. <laughs> but when we had those, the lineups of all the black sitcoms and stuff like that, the majority mm-hmm. of the creators and showrunners then pretty much only did black sitcoms. Sure, sure. And um, unfortunately, a lot <laughs> of them are not working right now or mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out where to go next because they're making web series and yeah, they, <laughs> yeah they didn't uh you know try to you know switch it up a little bit so mm-hmm. i have i'm look features uh scripts with all white people mm-hmm. just <laughs> mm-hmm. web series mm-hmm. tv shows whatever i'm trying to keep it all going so right. what's up right. but let, let's talk about you know, you as a kid for a minute. Were you you from Philly? Yeah. So let's talk about what that was like growing up in Philly oh, back really? in back in two thousands when you was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> when I was fourteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you graduated in two thousand thirteen. You know. <laughs> no, um I first writing was not even on my radar, but mm-hmm. uh no, just you know, basic life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Philly. it's Philly. You got a big fan? Uh yeah, I got a bunch of sisters. Uh-huh. Um, I got a gazillion nephews though, no brothers, but really? my nephews make up for that. Okay, I have I have nine nephews. I think like nine nephews, somewhere uh-huh. around there. Yeah, uh-huh. ranging uh-huh. literally probably from age I think forty three to four months. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of them, um, and one niece. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, bunch of dudes. Yeah, it's interesting. So it was like the girls in your family, and then the generation skip. Yeah, everybody uh, to... had a son and uh, married somebody who already had a son okay. or whatever. So it was just we, mm-hmm. we picked up boys. We mm-hmm. just said. <laughs> so that's it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, but um, basic life, you know, raised by my mom, single mom. Not you know, my father died when I was nine. He was a Philly cop. Okay, and uh, that was it. Uh, not, it's no not a thrilling childhood. I mean, did at you all. grow up? Uh, <laughs> Did y'all grow up, you know, in a in like a middle class neighborhood, or was, um, it, was it a poor neighborhood? Yes, it like- <laughs> people make jokes about that. I'm from an area called Winfield, okay. which most people just say Winfield, but it's technically like Winfield Heights, which makes it does mm. you know sound a little more. <laughs> yeah, every time you had the Heights. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's a, a few blocks away from the mayor. It was a decent neighborhood. It's uh, not the same now though. Okay. Um, I still own my house there. Oh really? Um, my sister lives in my house there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, get ready to sell it because it's. The neighborhood has changed really? in a yeah. good way or major way. All right, yeah. so it got it's, gentrified. There's no more. Um, no, like no, no, no. It's just bad. It's just 
you know, riding your bikes and stuff around the neighborhood when we were little, where everybody mm-hmm. knew each other. You yeah. know, your neighbors. Oh, we yeah. all played outside in the driveway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, city life. The fire mm-hmm. hydrant was mm-hmm. hot. You know, the whole thing. But um, now, no, it's shootings and a whole now. bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. My nephew's living there now. He's living with my sister in my house now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's 10 and he's he's seen too much that I would have never thought would have happened sure. in the neighborhood. So. Okay. But no, it's still, you know, was a good childhood. It was, you know, mm-hmm. nothing bad. Because <laughs> I always say, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm assuming we're all close to about the same age. It, I always think that our generation is like the last generation of, I always say I'm from the last generation of, 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 of butt whippings. Right, oh, right. <laughs> but we're also from that last generation of exactly like you said. All the kids would be out on the street corner, then at the, the stoplight. You know, as soon as it as soon as it gets dark, it's time to go home. You know what I mean? It's like all that is gone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if video games, computers took away from that. The kids mm-hmm. staying in the house, but also, yeah, neighborhoods. It's just it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, just isn't. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So yeah, so you're you're pretty much um uh. What do you call it? Not stuck, but <laughs> kids don't really. I don't know. They're not as. What's the what's the word? I think they're like, all removed. You know. They're what? I'm, I think like I removed? think everybody's removed. And I, I mean, they are they are detached, and they they have no social skills uh-huh. that I see from working with yeah. children. Like yeah. they, there's I, the sci-fi in me wants to say that they've you know actually become less human because they don't know how to interact with people. Mm-hmm. They don't like you know when we were growing up, it's like you know how to say hi to people you didn't know, hello. Yes, you had to be no, polite sir. to the people who you are know, older. Than yeah. You make conversation. You mm-hmm. just don't walk past people, and you know, and it's mm-hmm. like they're so caught up in looking at their technology mm-hmm. that they're losing a lot of those basic social skills. You sure. know, they're just kind of detached and disconnected. Sure. Yeah, they're and cyborgs. then I think I mean that's where everybody is now. I mean, from texting to social media to whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I ran into somebody the other day that I could have sworn I had seen recently but realized it's been years. But mm-hmm. because of Facebook, I felt like uh, I had seen them yeah, but I actually yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah. I just seen their posts mm-hmm. or whatever. But mm-hmm. I haven't physically been in the same room with them sure. for years because you just, you know, you feel like you're more connected yeah. than, you're, than you are and you're not. So, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. it's just a different time, different generation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just... Family meals the whole nine. I think once microwaves were invented, <laughs> <laughs> shit changed. That that's a good way to put it. But that's funny. Now, this is what I find interesting because you have what, what is your degree in? Because I know you have. I have a bachelor's in psychology and a uh-huh. master's in social work. So what I want to know, and I know you're going to get into this, Hilliard, is that transition from going from psychology, and and that kind of totally different from what you're doing now as a writer. Like, were you always a writer, kind of like on the side? No, you know what? My mom is funny. I don't remember. My mom says that I was. My mom says that, like, like say she punished me for something. By mm-hmm. the way, I never got whoopings. So, really? you know, <laughs> was it because you were fast? My sisters did. Okay. I did. Were I just, you the youngest? I, I wasn't a bad kid. No, I'm in the middle. I'm in okay. the, yeah. Usually the youngest. I youngest. was the youngest. I got away with some yeah. shit. You know what Kelly was doing? She was the, tripping them up <laughs> and pushing them forward. <laughs> and she just make that little dash someplace uh, else. I haunt you. Uh-huh. I know what you're doing. No, I was a good kid. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying I never did anything wrong. My mom actually is only 5'5", five, five too. And I'm like... Five eleven. Mm-hmm. She she told me she's like I don't care how tall you get I will stand on a chair and whoop your that's ass. Hilarious. So that's all I needed to know. Yeah. So that was good. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. Now I must have changed thought. What was the question you said? Uh, from from you having your background. When you oh, writing. Yes. And then into writing. No, she said whenever I got in trouble or something like that, I would always write a letter and leave her on a pillow, either explaining why I did what I oh, did that's cute. or. Yeah. 
why I don't think I should have been punished or something like that. I don't. I really actually don't remember all of this. I don't remember a lot of my childhood, to be honest with you. I don't but, either. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. blank on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But she says I did all that. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing papers in uh, high school, um, doing case notes when I was a show, social worker, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I've always had a lot of writing involved in my life, mm-hmm. but never like on a level where I thought I was going to be making TV shows or right. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to my knowledge, it, I mean, unless I just don't remember it, I don't recall mm-hmm. thinking I'm going to like Stone one day be back a, there. One day <laughs> I'm going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, what happened for you later in life? Then or, yeah, in I think I was or? 32. No, it didn't even happen in college. After I, college, I got yeah, I got my master's degree in social work. I did social work for a little while. I was mm-hmm. the person who. Uh, I worked in foster care. I was a person who went in the house and determined whether the kids need to be removed or not. It was a hard yeah. job. Right? Yeah, man. That was depressing. Mm. Especially kids get abused. They could be, I mean, really, really abused. And you go mm. to take them out away from their mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're kicking and screaming mm-hmm. and they everything. Don't, they yeah. don't want to go. Mm-hmm. They don't care how much they've been abused. That's their mom. Right. True. So even though you're trying to explain and doing this for your own good, but right. yeah, that was a rough job. And mm-hmm. then I... um. Uh, wind up being a director of a homeless shelter in DC, yeah. and that was rough too. That mm-hmm. was that was like being a counselor and a landlord at the same time. It was mm-hmm. a twenty-eight unit apartment building, and mm-hmm. everybody lived in there. And they just you know they had curfews, but they were always sneaking people in and out. And they <laughs> failed the drug tests and leaving their kids in the apartment unattended. And wow, that was insane. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it funny that. because um, my friend Rob. Um, Warnoff, he wrote this this pilot a few years ago that I helped him with, and um, Blair Underwood's like attached to you know produce it and all this other stuff, and <clears throat> they've been having the biggest issue is about foster care, but it's more like from the social worker's point of view, almost like a Law and Order thing mm. where we follow them dealing with different cases every week, but it always ends on like a good note. Like we see, it's almost like you see a flashback of where the kid. It's like at the beginning of the show, you see the beginning of where the kid, like now he's at the graduation at Harvard mm-hmm. or something. And then we go back and see how he got there okay. right through his journey. And it's a beautiful story. You know, it's such a great, well-written script. They've been having the hardest time. Nobody wants to touch this foster well, this care is, It's not even just foster care. It's just, um, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the law and orders, all the cop shows we have are kind mm-hmm. of depressing too. But I think it's something <laughs> about... Uh, homelessness and foster care that's a little too close. Sure. Because, I mean, reality is what they say. Everybody's like one paycheck away from being homeless themselves. Right. I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it's... a it's Most people watch TV to escape, and you can watch a lot of stuff that maybe you're familiar with some of the cases on Law & Order. You know somebody mm-hmm. involved or something like that, but mm-hmm. there's something about the shelter stuff and mm. foster care stuff that's different. Yeah. So... 413 Hope Street was the only other show yes. I know about Childhood mm-hmm. Richard Roundtree. I think Damon Wings actually was the executive producer. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, and so I actually started writing a script called um, Higher Ground mm-hmm. based on my experience as a director of the shelter. Okay. And it was the same thing. It was uh, like, you know, one hour drama that I was, you know, trying to tap into. But it it's hard to tell the stories and not be depressing. Sure. And um, but still kind of keep it intriguing for the audience. But then also not have people look at it going like, yeah, I don't think I want to see this every mm-hmm. week because it makes you sad mm-hmm. because it's so real. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, th- I think that their their thing that they were trying to do was trying to show you the, the yes, it was like that. But look at where this person, you know, grew to become. Yeah, you know, it was trying to show you the opposites of them, you know. But mm-hmm. I just find it interesting that that particular um, 
storyline in general has always had a hard time as a series on television. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're doing all this work. And then it gets in your mind. Yeah, no, it actually didn't get in my mind. I so mean, I'm, like, I'm going to Hollywood. Forget y'all. <laughs> uh, other people, it got in other people's mind. I mean, I'm here where I am now because, uh, one, I listened. But mm-hmm. it's really everybody else around me. I would just go to movies and stuff with my friends. I was that person that got on people's nerves. Because I'd be watching the movie <laughs> saying, okay, no, that was on the right side in the last scene. Or that was on the, like, I noticed ah, stuff got moved. Yeah. You I saw noticed, the continuity. Yeah, right. and I just... I just did. It wasn't mm-hmm. on purpose. I wasn't even looking for mm-hmm. it. I didn't go into the movie thinking I'm going to critique everything and find <laughs> it. But after a while, my friends were like, why don't you go into film? It was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And so um, my roommate at the time, um, she, Kim Gilmore, <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking about it. We just became friends yesterday on Facebook. <laughs> um, Kim Gilmore, she actually gave me a, uh, um, what do you call it, advertisement out of a magazine for the New York Film Academy. Okay. And New York Film Academy, they have a location uh, here mm-hmm. at Universal Studios. Um, and it was like an eight-week course. Now it's a whole yeah, it's program. Like, I think yeah, you get degrees you get a degree, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, it had just started. It was like an eight-week workshop or whatever. Okay. And um, But it was really expensive. But uh, um, I was uh, dating someone who was moving out here. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, you should come out to L.A. I'm like, I'm not moving out to L.A. <laughs> but... You know, you don't have kids, you don't have... Like, I had a dog, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't really doing too much, and the social work thing was kind of, like, depressing. And then sure. Kim was like, hey, this is at Universal Studios, to so check this out, whatever. I, um, because I work for the D.C. government, you know, I, I'm going to apply for a loan, mm-hmm. not thinking I'd get it. <laughs> I was like, so if I, if I get the loan, I'll go to L.A. It was, and in back of your mind, like, they ain't going to give me Yeah, that was right. I was like, they ain't going to give me And I, seriously, and I got approved for the damn loan. That's funny. Now you and, have to do yeah, something. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. And I was like, <laughs> so yeah, so I wound up uh, coming out here and taking a little eight-week course. Um, but I was coming out here for film, and I was coming out here to direct. Oh, that okay. was the thing. That was, since everybody kept telling me, how I irritate the hell out of them watching movies. Uh-huh. Looking out on the continuity. Right, right. and then I had... Shut up and watch the movie. And I, and a vision, and blah, blah, blah. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'm just going to be the female Spike Lee. I'm going to go out there, and uh-huh. I'm going to be a director, and blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. So, um, and I did, I, I have like about four or five little shorts that I did during mm-hmm. that little eight-week workshop, because you had to, we had to, at the end of each week, we had to have another little short. Oh, wow, that's um, fast. Yeah, and edited and everything. But, yeah, and we okay again for those who are not that young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was the editing wasn't like avid. This was real like film <laughs> looping through the machine, <laughs> splicing with. <laughs> I'm not like wow. sticking we tape on the film. The film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing white gloves, wiping up the dust from the film. I swear wow. to God, it was a whole really? other level then. That's yeah, funny. and funny. so editing all that stuff. So yeah, you had to do like two minutes the first time mm-hmm. and it had to be black and white. The next week it had to be color and it had to, mm-hmm. you know, third week it had to be whatever. So each week was a different thing and we all rotated positions. Okay. You have a team. Mm-hmm. So if you directed this week and someone else was your gaffer and someone else wrote the script, okay. then next week then you're the gaffer and mm-hmm. they're the director. And, yeah, it was, a, sure. it was all, and it was all in eight weeks. It was a really intense little okay. workshop or whatever. So did it. I was like, all right, cool. And I got some little short films. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of it really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how did I, I, I needed to still actually get a job mm-hmm. since I was living out here. And um, I went back to social work for three weeks. It was three really? weeks. Yeah, it was three weeks. <laughs> Penny Lane Residential Facility. Huh. I think it's in uh, 
where it's kind of far out. It sounds like really, the hood or Reseda or someplace. Oh, really? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's a residential facility for teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So teenage girls just not being in a residential facility are just mm-hmm. already like hard to deal with. But <laughs> 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 50 teenage girls and like, one building all living that. together. I gotta deal with these heifers. <laughs> Can't y'all get it together? Dude? I did that for three weeks and was like, this is not, I could have stayed in DC if I was going to do oh, this. Yeah, I right. did not come out here to do no mm-hmm. more social work. I was, was going to do this thing. And so um, I left that. Meanwhile, my sister, uh, Carmen came to visit me and we went sightseeing mm-hmm. and we went and got, um, was it Man Chinese Theater when they give out the tickets for shows? Got tickets to go see a taping of the Parkers and uh, went to the taping. While we're there, Mm -hmm. the ushers, there's an audience company called Applause that Mm -hmm. does the seating for the... I asked um, them if they were hiring and they said, um, no, but you can send your resume. And then... So wait, you're going to go see a taping of the Parkers and you're sitting there and you're like... I wouldn't be an usher. I'm going to be an usher. Right. It wasn't, again, (laughs) not that I'm going to be a writer or director. I was like, that looks like, that's interesting. And it's just, you know, hanging out, seating people at a TV show. And I was like, You just thought that was kind of cool at the time. I thought it was kind of cool. And on top of that, um, yeah, I just left the residential facility. I'm like, well, I ain't got no job right now. So I can do this. Y'all sit here. Yeah, I was like, why not? It just seemed simple to me. I don't know. And I mean, it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't pressed for a job at that time. I started Mm. that because I got that loan in DC. But um, yeah, I just wanted to get a job. But I just knew that I didn't want to do the social work thing. And after being in that facility with the girls, I was like, okay, this is. This is too much. Sure. So yeah, I'm at the taping. It seemed like fun. You know, there's mm-hmm. a DJ and a warm-up person in the audience and everything. I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they said they weren't hiring. Send your resume. Meanwhile, um, we watched the taping of the show. You know, you can see down on the floor, everybody's down there. Mm-hmm. I saw that one of the people that was working down there came up into the audience and sat down. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name is Rocky. I tease her to this day because um, she... I later found out she was coming to sit in the audience because she was trying to get away from work. She was sneaking really? to, to sit in the audience and not be down on stage. I don't want me on the floor. I'm here. Yeah, she, so she went and came. She trying and trying to blend to, in with y'all. Blend in, in the audience. And her, I think her son was there for a taping, too. She was coming funny. to sit with him. But I wound up tapping her, and I was like, do you work here? And I said, you work on the show? And she said, yeah. And I said, are you guys hiring? And again, I don't even have a position in mind. Really? I'm like, are you hiring? It wasn't a position. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then she said, no, but you can send your resume. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> Heard and that then, one before. <laughs> yeah. So that night, I sent my resume to uh, the Usher people and mm-hmm. to the lady at the Parkers. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't hear anything for a couple of months. I don't know what I did for those couple of months, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear anything for a couple of months. Then got a phone call from the Usher people, hmm. um, and uh, they said that, <laughs> first of all, I forgot about them because it had been a couple months. It was like August, and they called like around November. You were like, Don't is? we always talk about that? Yes. You submit some shit, <laughs> and, and you forget, forget it. About yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Now, this is where it got funny because uh, uh, it was $8 an hour, mm-hmm. you know. Master's degree in social work. Okay. <laughs> so there's that moment, and you thought to yourself, $8, master's degree. Right, right. <laughs> My Go- mama government, be mad. government pay, because I think I was a GS, whatever they call it in the government at the time, or whatever. Mm. And, um, Oh, it's like GS11 or something. I don't know. I was a G11. Yeah. I, remember, the the I can't remember the ratings were in the government pay. The little scales they give yeah, you. Because you no, get a raise funny. every right. October for the fiscal year. It was just mm. like, you know, government card, the whole nine. When oh, you, you must know. be nice. Yeah. Mm. So now, uh, here I am, $8 an hour, an usher job, right? Wow. And I know I asked about it and everything, but I was like, okay. <laughs> so the part you forgot to ask was how much was the pay? Talk about yeah. being <laughs> humble. Yeah. So uh, I said no. 
<laughs> Wait, you turned down the job? I, yeah, I said, I said no. Uh, but that's why I said the people around me, the reason why I am where I am, because <laughs> someone said, no, call them back mm-hmm. and tell them, yeah, because at least you'll be in the building. Right. And that's what you want to do. And that, that, that line is always stuck with me about being in the building. Mm-hmm. So at least you'll be in the building. So I was like, all right. So I called back and I was like, you know, okay, if it's still available, I'll take it, whatever, whatever. And um, so I took it. Then you had to wear khaki pants and a white uh-huh. shirt. So I had to go to the Gap. <laughs> oh, you had to wear your own shit. <laughs> yeah, I had to go buy. I gotta go buy some clothes, right? And then the first day was considered training, so it was no back. So this is wow. like, okay, this shit ain't cute. Right? <laughs> That's funny. So I'm spending money to go to this eight dollar an hour job, basically. And mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I went and I got it, and then I started on that Tuesday. I'm not saying that Tuesday, but it was on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and. Um, Basically, because I was a new person, there's about, I don't know, six, seven ushers, because you know, there's a lot of people that come to show tapings, they got to mm-hmm. put them on there. Because I was a new person, uh, I don't, all, all TV shows have catered meals um, for the cast and the crew. Sure. So I had to go and fix nine plates of food mm. for all the other, for myself and all the other ushers, because once the show, they can't eat until the show starts because they got to seat everybody. But once the show starts and everybody's mm-hmm. seated, then they can go eat. But if they mm-hmm. waited to then, all the food would be gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was my little first little job was to go get all the food. So while I was back there getting the food, the same lady that sat in the audience before, I ran to her again. Uh-huh. And I was like, she, hey. So she tiptoeing back to the audience. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just get some food this time. <laughs> and I was like, hey. And she remembered me and everything. And then uh, she's like, yeah, we never called you. We didn't have anything. She said, if you want, you can send your resume again. So I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, did my little job for the day, got the food, the whole nine, whatever. And when I went home, I actually sent my resume again to her. And she called the next day because someone quit. Wow. That, and that was it. And so... Um, Timing. Yes. Is that a bitch? Yeah. So this dude, and I called him Seabass, but his name is Sebastian. He was leaving to go to Arliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was the receptionist. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was a PA in there, but it was a receptionist gig. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, he asked me if I wanted to take that gig, and I said, yeah, I actually started that gig on Thursday. So I only wow. did the usher job <laughs> for a day that two. Tuesday that I never got paid for. <laughs> Nancy wow. Carter, you owe me some did money. You, <laughs> did you take some extra food? Like, I'm taking this chair. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, that got me into the Parkers. And again, it was really funny. Sarah Finney Johnson, who's a creator, and um, Nancy Sprouse, the line producer, I wound up going and meeting all of them in a room together because, you know, I had a master's degree in social work, now I'm about mm. to be reception. They all literally were like, are you sure you want to do this before really? we say yeah? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And so my mom was not happy about it. I'm, I'm literally like answering the phones like, thank you for calling the Parkers. May I help you? <laughs> and my mom was like, master's degree. Like, like, <laughs> uh, like bitch, you got my, people working mama, for you at home. Mom, what you doing on the phone? I'm at work. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and again, for whatever reason, and I, and I think that's what maybe is why everything at the time started just kind of flowing. I wasn't pressed about it. Well, hmm. it sounds like you were like, there were things, elements that were coming your way and you were kind of like, not systematically, but in a way kind of pushing against it where it was kind of like, it was obvious that this was your destiny. Yeah, But yeah. you were just like, yeah, I don't know. Thank you. And yet something would still push you and nudge you. Like, especially when you came out here and ended up going back to work in social work and then realized, eh, this shit ain't, this, yeah, ain't, yeah, yeah, this yeah. ain't right. Mm-hmm. I need to go. And the fact that you said, you know what? I'm a, what? Eight dollars. I'm not doing this. Usher and then, a day later, you know what? Mm. Someone tells you, you know, you probably should. And you're like, yeah. So it's kind of like 
you yeah. are pushing against your own self. Yeah, yeah, other people. I'm telling you, that's why I said right. everybody else is like, is it was like, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do people are like, no, go. It was, you know, my from my roommate saying, here is the advertisement for the New York Film Academy. Mm-hmm. You know, you should go, you know, right. to getting the loan, to coming out of here, the social work thing not working out, mm-hmm. to going to the job, somebody's like, no, don't turn down, go, running into the same lady mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. And then someone quitting. Like, it was just all lined up. And I was like, okay. It was like I, the perfect I'm hero's just, journey. Oh, you, you get the yeah. call and she doesn't heed it. Yeah, and she, it, she resisted it, resisted didn't she? It. She rejected and it. Comes like, and she rejects it. And uh-huh. finally she takes the elixir and uh-huh. it's amazing. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, but it gets better. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was, this is, I always call this my Oprah story and then Oprah went off the air. But mm-hmm. I guess now I got to be my next chapter story. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I basically uh, did the, um, the receptionist job. This is the second season of the Parkers. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy part is then the show goes on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Now this is new to me. Mm-hmm. Cause now I'm unemployed again. It's like, um <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, we down for how long? And they're like, well, they're like, oh, three months. Three months, right? But then you gotta wait to get the call to mm-hmm. see if the right. show's picked back up again. Right. And I'm like, okay, wait, what? That's right. So, you know, so I'm like one minute, like, yay, and then the next minute. What the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. So I'm back out of work again. Um, but I wound up, I think I, I did a, I was a PA. Some, because we're, you know, when you're on the same studio, you run into different people. Sure. On the same, it's the same lot. You run into people. <laughs> so uh, Meg Deloach had just started Eve. Okay. And so that pilot was shooting during our hiatus from, okay. you know, the parkers. And I wound up being a, a PA, mm-hmm. a stage PA on Eve, which was another thing that was, oh my God, talk about humbling. That was, Let's, was, let's tell everybody what that ain't. Yeah, I just like, want to say that was not. I'm saying worse than. I'm saying worse not. It's not a bad job, <laughs> but I'm saying worse than going from a master's degree to being a receptionist, uh-huh. being the PA. Okay, now my mom was like, really, like seriously, what is what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't waste it because all this money. Because uh-huh. that was now at least with the receptionist gig. I mean, I am answering the phones, and I'm not knocking receptions mm-hmm. like that. It was like, you know, cool. I'm there. PA, now I'm literally running around. Mm-hmm. I'm in my thumbs. Gopher. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? And then I got people yelling at me, talking about the pencils aren't sharp and this, that, and yeah, the other. Bitch, I got a master's right, degree. Right, and I'm like, you like, get your own I, had, I did have a minor, I had a minor chip on my shoulder for a second there. Uh-huh. And not only that, but in my mind, I was like, yeah, when the parties come back, I'm going back to my receptionist job. Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no PA. I ain't doing this grunt work. You know, I was really just like, do you know I got her? I got, right. This is just why we on hiatus. <laughs> like, you need to explain stop, yourself. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> but they wouldn't let you, like, if you, you got caught sitting down or anything, yeah. it was like, yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, I can't sit down. Like, it was, mm. that was humbling. That was mm. just, you know. So, luckily, pilots But you only, got to know the set. I did, I did. I got to know the set um, and all the positions, the ads and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because I was on the set as opposed to just running and getting lunch just for anybody. This mm-hmm. was all people in the, all the cast mm-hmm. and handing out scripts on set, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Learn lessons like you know, don't ever sit in the director's chair. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sit down, don't just don't sit in that chair. Yes. <laughs> yes. So different little things, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was that was so humbling. But uh, luckily, uh, pilots are. What, like four weeks, maybe tops, five mm-hmm. weeks, because just you seen that one episode. Mm-hmm. And then we got the phone call that, you know, Hargis was coming back. back. I was like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, thinking I was going back to my receptionist gig, um, they said, uh, writer's assistant is not returning. Do you, 
Are you interested? I'm like, see, you know what? Wow. I, you know what? I'm going to say wow. this right now. I'm going to say this right now. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I don't know what the hell a riot system does. Oh, my God. That's even like, worse. I just know that. Like, <laughs> that's I was in, I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. And um, so I was going to be a writer's assistant. And basically, you know, you go in the room, you're going to type for the writers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Funny thing, no one ever asked me if I could type. Even though I was a receptionist, it was like typing involved in receptionist. Hilarious. No one asked me if I could type or how fast I could type. Nothing. Really? That, that part was you never been that good. That you wasn't a question. Some, you must have had an energy that just made them. Man, I don't know. It's just, I don't That's know. But hilarious. so, yeah, so then the writer's assistant uh, gig basically was there. And again, I keep mm -hmm. saying this, so I'm making myself sound so old, but just technology moves so fast. Mm -hmm. Wasn't Final Draft. It was scriptware. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, scriptware. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And just be right, like, it was probably maybe six months to a year before Final Draft mm -hmm. took off. So, mm -hmm. scriptware, had to learn scriptware, never used scriptware, never heard of scriptware. <laughs> <laughs> and everything. And, there's three, and it didn't do that much in any way. <laughs> three writers assistants all together, so mm -hmm. I had to, like, shadow the other two assistants and you know, learn what they did. And basically, as I tell people, um, it's back to being a courtroom stenographer because mm -hmm. you're sitting there and it's like nine people talking and you're trying to type and get like every idea down. And um, you can't even stop for a second and think like, that leave the iron on? Because you'll miss, you know, something. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and then they go off on a tangent and start talking about something else and then they turn around and you go, where do we leave off? So you got to, you know, have been keeping mm -hmm. up the whole time. So... But it's a hard job. That's the job. <laughs> that's the job that changed everything for me, though, because mm -hmm. being in the writer's room was a whole nother level. Because, mm -hmm. again, I was going direct. Remember, I wasn't right. thinking about writing. Mm -hmm. right. Receptionist gig was like, hey, I'm just going to do this because it's fun. I'm going to need some money. I'm at the Parkers, you know. Mm -hmm. But when it got to the writer's it's a gig, then it started going in my head like, oh, maybe this is something I think I might want to do, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I was in there typing and listening to all their ideas and their breaking stories of how the whole season's going to go, mm -hmm. and you're, you know, doing it. And then when you finally got to the part where, you know, people were getting assigned scripts and then writing scripts and getting notes, you hear the exec say, you know, we're not going to go with this joke because of this, or we will take this joke because of that, or mm -hmm. using terms like, you know, we need to punch this up, or that's bumping me. But mm -hmm. you start, it was like, like, <laughs> and I had to go to school now. I got all the terminology mm -hmm. and everything right then and there mm -hmm. just by sitting there being a sponge and absorbing mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And you weren't allowed to talk. So. <laughs> See, that's just, I was going to ask you that because every room doesn't do that. You know, some rooms are like, don't say a fucking word. All you do is type, you know. Yeah, yeah, you type. Do whatever. I and just some listen. Of them, but and I, some of them are like, so what do you think? I mean, y'all yeah, got the you blue. Yeah, you weren't allowed to so. talk. Not, not only were you not allowed to talk. You weren't allowed to make eye contact. But I can't say that. The way the room was set up, my back was turned to the writers, actually. Oh, really? I was, sit, I was in a corner with a desk and uh -huh. my back to the writers and they had a conference table. Like, I like, you know, I'm not even at the table. You had the oh, little kids wow, table. Like okay. Thanksgiving. So you <laughs> <laughs> sitting yeah. over there and then um, you just, like I said, just listening to them do their thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I don't know if piano lessons help as a kid and mm. having long fingers, but uh, I actually wound up typing pretty fast. Okay. And I was actually able to get a lot of notes down. Okay. So I, at, at, me and the other writers, this is would rotate in the room, but at one point they started requesting me in the room because if it was your, if you're a writer and you're about to go out on script to write your episode, then you want to make sure you got every note possible Absolutely. before you go out, yeah. you know, cause right. you're about to go away for a week or two and mm -hmm. go right. Right. Um, and this is not saying the other writers weren't great because they were awesome, but for whatever reason, they would ask for me to come in on the day that they were getting their notes because they want to make sure I got it. Right. Sure. Um, and at this point, maybe because, again, 
because I was new mm-hmm. and because I, this is not even something I was stri- I wasn't stressing over because I wasn't trying to be the right assistant mm-hmm. and it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was laid back about a lot of stuff and maybe that my energy was just different in the mm-hmm. room. Whereas if you had been there for a little while, you've been doing this for a while and you're typing, you're kind of like, God, now I got to go in the room again today. Like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go, you know, right. you know, because I was mm-hmm. happy to be in there. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't right. burnt out yet. I hadn't been in this business long enough. I only been a receptionist. This is the most experience I've had mm-hmm. in this business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm still fascinated by like all oh, the parties and everything. I was like, this is awesome. Right. Right. <laughs> it was nothing to be stressed about yet. <laughs> so, oh so, I, so I, I did that for, I think, two seasons. I think it was like two seasons, mm-hmm. which was funny because I went from the one little $8 an hour day from the usher job, which I didn't get paid for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was maybe 500 a week for the receptionist, which still was nothing but, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, just answer the phone. I'm cool. <laughs> I think the writer's assistant job might have been like 900 a week or something. Mm-hmm. And this right. is still like in the 90s, 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. that was like 2000, 2002, oh, 2000? something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it was. You know, I'm excited. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm just getting a check. And I so get when the, you got the writer's assistant job, was mom a little happier? Like, uh, Yeah, now I'm in the room, and you know, she didn't know what it, what, what it entailed, right. but it wasn't a reception. It's something about the title of receptionist I think she's being right. a little snobby yeah, about. Yeah, I don't right, know. Yeah. Right. So, it's a little old-fashioned. You know, yeah, yeah, so, you know, being a writer's assistant, I guess I'm like, I'm in the room with the writers. Right. Like, all right, cool. You know, and again, she doesn't know that I want to write, because I don't know I want to write. So right. she still doesn't know where this is going. Cause I ain't know where this is going. I'm right. literally just like I'm in LA. I moved out here. I'm chill. I'm having fun. Right? I'm on the Parkers. I watch the show. Monique's cool. Like you know. And I'm working here. That's mm-hmm. it. I see Monique every day. That's what I was like. <laughs> you know. Uh, that was it. It was not a big deal. But um. So then uh. So that's like what third, fourth season, something like that. And then the fifth season. Now I'm used to the hiatuses and stuff like that. Right. In between, I I worked on like. Reno 911 and some mm-hmm. other pilots. I worked on pilots in between a lot of the um, seasons. And then I got, I was known as the, um, like a good luck charm. If I mm. typed your pilot, the show usually got picked up, which Interesting. was a coincidence. But after a while, people started after requesting me. After a while, me. you start using that. Like, <laughs> right. People started requesting me to come type their pilot. So in between hiatuses, you know, during hiatuses uh, on the park, I would, Wind up working on because it's pilot season. Then mm-hmm. I wound up working on different pilots, and writer assistant script coordinator mm-hmm. was my little thing at that point. You know, okay. no more PA. I didn't PA anymore. That's good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So then, uh, fifth season, um, Sarah Finney Johnson, the creator, and Bill Bowyer, who was mm-hmm. one of the exec producers, they called me in the office. They sit me down. <laughs> was you scared? Like they about to fire me? <laughs> no, yeah. they said. You know, this really isn't working out. I was like, wait, what? I'm <laughs> here on time. I've been with you for three seasons now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they laughed or whatever. Basically, they found out that the show was, uh, fifth season was the last season for the show. Hmm. And Sarah being the most awesome boss ever to mm-hmm. this day. Um, and now this, you are the most this, awesome boss, right? No, no, no. <laughs> ne- n- never compared to Sarah Penny Johnson. She's amazing. Um, seriously, the best boss I think I've ever had. Um, she uh, decided because it was the last season that the show was going to get canceled, you know, mm. and it go off the air or whatever. Uh, all the assistants got to write episodes. What? Whoa! So I got the right episodes. Wow! <laughs> big She's like, you know what? Y'all get to write now. Get yeah, the, get it in. Yeah, and because you've been dictating and 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 doing the script. Um, 
coordinator, what do you call it? The advisor assistant stuff, yeah. It's helped you, so you knew exactly how to break down the script and write yeah, the Yeah, so, you know, uh, I got to sit at the big table for wow. a second. <laughs> you get to turn your chair around. Yeah. And you sit at the table, and they give you your episode, and they, you know, break it down for you per scene, tell you mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen in each scene, which was another thing that was fascinating. A lot of writers, the, the hardest script you ever have to write is the spec script to get on the show. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, mm-hmm. you got like help nine other everything. people helping you with exactly. everything. I ain't had to come up with the episode. Mm-hmm. I ain't had to like pitch it. It wasn't bad. It was, right. you know, they do the episode. Here's what's going to happen in scene A. Here's what's going to happen in scene mm-hmm. B. Whatever. You make just it happen. Ta- mm-hmm. You take the notes and you're like, okay, okay. They even give you jokes. They like, mm-hmm. and then they're going to say this and then they should say that. I'm like, okay, here, go. Be gone. Mm-hmm. Come back in two weeks and mm-hmm. whatever. So did that. Got the first check because it's $23,000. Yep. Like for one, it's a little more now, but this, this yeah. Was, this did you call? Did you call your mama? Right, wait, wait. <laughs> this was where insanity was like. Okay, wait, what? Because wait, so you did not know this? Because you right. get your paycheck. Wait, wait. she been living a paycheck exactly. to paycheck. Right, exactly. episode. And you exactly. get it's broken up in three payments because you get a you get a check when the outline is turned in, and you get a check for the first draft, and you get a check like I think after the table reading. Mm-hmm. So the first one. I think it might be like five thousand dollars or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is the biggest one. That's the the first draft. Right. It might be like eleven thousand or something. And then the next one after that, the mm-hmm. difference, you know, whatever. And I was like, wait, I'm, I'm still baffled by this. <laughs> Social workers <laughs> might make maybe forty five thousand for the whole year. Yeah. I'm making twenty three for just writing some script, and I was assigned the script over the Christmas holiday. Oh, good. Perfect so timing. I got to go on a Christmas break. Write this episode. You got paid to go on vacation. Come back, right? Everybody was away anyway. This is my episode. Come back, write it, turn it, and we got back from the holidays. I had written it, and I almost felt bad because I'd, I'd written it maybe in like a couple of days. Because she like she'd been known to write faster. She, you she write really fast. Write fast. Yeah. No, but, the brain is already there. No, but here's the thing. It's every scene was spelled out for me and in my mind I kept thinking am I doing this right because all I gotta do no seriously all you have to do is cut and paste and add dialogue right cut and paste into the script and just put the dialogue into but it was already there in paragraphs it's like like paint by numbers here just do this right right all of a sudden you're Picasso right right right. And so I was done, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I came back, and I handed it in, and, it, it, uh, and literally, um, if you look at my original draft to the shooting draft, mm-hmm. very few changes, yeah, which is rare. Rare as fuck. Very few Especially changes. Especially on the sitcom. Right. Yeah, very few changes, and I, had, I got applauded for having the lowest budgeted episode for that season or something like that. I don't know what happened, but That's you know. Right. Um, they didn't have to build no other sets or nothing. Yeah, that that was surreal. Wow. Wait, like, now I gotta go back and look because I'm gonna be showing the show on TV. Right. right. Yeah. I gotta figure out which one is Kelly. <laughs> it was the it was the second to last episode. It was a, the the last three episodes were all like it's a three part at the end of the whole series. And okay. mine is in the middle, I think. Hmm. Or it might have been the first one before the three. I don't know. But it was mm-hmm. And uh, Stacey McLean and then Sarah Finney Johnson wrote the final one. Mm-hmm. That was that was it. That was you know, so that was my episode. And then I got into the Writers Guild and wow. whatever. And then everything from there was just bananas at that point. Once again, once again, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so hate hard me. right now. She was ready for it though. She was ready for it. <laughs> no, it was, I, I can't. 
I'm, honestly, I can't explain half of this because it's just, it really is insane. So, yeah, so. So, what's next? So, what's next? No, well, at, well, I'm just saying that experience right there, I got a little guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I'm not <laughs> lying because that, making that amount of money for just writing an episode mm-hmm. and having fun and partying and drinking with celebrities and just doing, I was really, I had a moment where I'm like, okay, I'm not understanding. And I actually got mad. I got mad at the world. I got mad at. Really? Everybody in entertainment, all sports people, whatever, people who made like millions of dollars uh, okay. doing this thing mm-hmm. and having fun. And, and mm-hmm. then I want to like pick it for all the nurses and teachers and social workers. And this, that, because <laughs> that's, that's you. That is me. I was really crushed. I'm happy to have made the money, right. but I had so much guilt behind right. it because I understand. I'm like, one minute I am like dealing with drug addicts and, mm-hmm. you know, like literally taking people's children away right. and going home with all that on my mind and stress. Now I'm, I'm seriously getting paid. I'm sitting in the room listening to people laugh all day long. Mm-hmm. I'm writing something. I got $23,000 to write something that I didn't have to come from scratch with mm-hmm. that other people pretty much wrote for me. I just had to put it in a script format. That's the way mm-hmm. I looked at it. Like, I'm like, okay, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I went and got a foster son. Yeah. <laughs> really? You did not. I swear to God, you I did went. Not. Now, only that I get a foster son, I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to get a, so deep. I'm gonna so get a, eggs a teenage funny. black male because don't nobody want them. <laughs> oh, good for you. I got him. He was 15. <laughs> good for you. And he is going to be 27, I think, this wow. August. And, and is incarcerated. It has been pretty much since wow. 16, 17 years old. <laughs> and I was like, this is why nobody gets the young teenage uh, black male. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, that was a whole nother ride. Wow. But that was my... I felt like I got to do something. I got to spend this money and and give back. I got to get to charities. I I mm. felt guilty about it. Wow. Like it, I wasn't really enjoying it for like you know, mm. especially because again, this is not, I didn't set out for this. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all this stuff was kind of happening, and I'm like, what the hell just happened to my life? I just mm. figured I'm gonna be chilling in L.A. Mm-hmm. Right. And then every year, I mean, it was like you know, receptionist, writer, assistant. Right. Now you write the episode. Now you the writers guild. Now you making twenty three thousand dollars per episode plus your mm-hmm. salary. You know. Mm-hmm. Then the same thing happened, and I, you know, if you in the WGA, you get your first green check, mm-hmm. green envelope. Mm-hmm. I didn't Residuals. know what that was. <laughs> Got a green envelope, this writer's guild. I'm like, la, 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 la. I opened it up, and it was like, I think it might have been $18,000 or <laughs> exactly. something. Because it's your very first, it's, what is it, 80% of 80%. the the first the fee episode fee? Yeah. Right? And I was it's like, the net. what the hell is this? <laughs> So I went to work. I took the check to work. I didn't go to the bank. I took the check to work because I asked people. I'm like, why did I get this? <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I'm so <laughs> laughing at me. And see, this would be the difference. I, I love it. I took it to the bank. I love it. Photocopy and said, so what is this? But you would have been collecting interest at the bank. You took it back to them. Okay. Like, what is this? I wanted to know. And they were like, oh, that, it was probably a rerun somewhere. And you get, and I'm like, well, how do they know? And they're like, well, somebody keeps track of the reruns. That's whatever. right. Ever since then, if I get a green envelope in the mail to this day, I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> I, still, I, I still know what a green envelope means. I know. Look, I still keep my sad card. I ain't been an actor since 2003, 2004, because I get them little, ooh, $25, $6. <laughs> <laughs> to just randomly get an $18,000 check in the mail, you're like, it's a okay. Blessing. Yes. What the hell is this? They start going down after a while, but mm-hmm. still, you just get envelopes, and you're like, I don't understand what is going on right wow. now. So yeah, that was that little ride. <laughs> so the end of crazy. the Parkers, you get your episode, you get your check, you get your card, and then what do you do next? Uh, I think, was it hiatus again? Oh, I typed again. Again, pilots. Um, mm. I want to say Bentley Evans. He was doing a pilot presentation for FX for with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think I typed that. And then, oh, and then Michelle listened to B. Brown and Ralph Farquhar. Michelle was a writer on the Parkers and Ralph was one of the exec producers. Mm-hmm. Wound up doing a show together called Second Time Around. Okay. And I wound up typing their pilot. Okay. Um, with Boris Kojo and Nicole mm-hmm. Larry Parker. And then that got picked up. So um, I wound up getting hired on that show as the script coordinator. Um, but then it got canceled, I think, after 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. Then that was new for me because... Finishing a season of being on hiatus is one thing. Being canceled in the middle of a season, then you really have no place to go because right. all the other shows already have been staffed. running and they're staffed. Right. So they happened in like November as opposed to February oh, yeah. or March. Definitely. So now I had to go through the whole Christmas holiday unemployed mm-hmm. because, you know, there was no place it was no place to go at that point. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know. Um somewhere in there then I I, I was thinking after that is when I went to go work on one on one. Now let me ask you this. Are you getting all these jobs? Just because you know everybody, or did, I got did phone the agent calls. or manager uh, come Stacey in? Stacey Evans Morgan's the one who called me and said my brother's doing a presentation and needs somebody to type for him. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then Michelle called me and said, hey, me and Ralph are doing a pilot. Can you come type for us? I was like, all right. And this, mm-hmm. it just kind of was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not seek any of this out. I didn't look for a job. I wasn't looking on no websites, no nothing. Just kept people talk. They do. And it's like, yeah, Kelly types fast and she will not miss what you're saying. That mm-hmm. was like the mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Can't do that now. But yeah. <laughs> like I was telling Lisa on on a, we did a previous episode about getting staffed on the writer's room. <clears throat> I was talking a lot about um, and we'll get into this in a minute because I want to find out from your point of view as a as a creator of the show and as a showrunner when you're staffing, like what things you're looking for. But we were talking about how um, people need to come in the room and not try to sell the script they need to come in and tell themselves like what makes them so special right and and one of the things that like i get hired around pilot season i always do like two or three pilots from writers like one of the people i was telling you earlier and um because i'm really fast you know they're like we know hillary can do this in like two or three weeks so we could be boom you know what i mean so i'm becoming known for being able to do that you know so is there anything you look for in that you know like is there something that you uh, uh, have that 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 you think is why people keep bringing you back? Uh, no, I really, I really think it was just at this time because no one I was being hired as a writer is all the typing. I mm-hmm. just think because I type fast and okay. I was able to capture everything that okay. they were saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that was the main thing. You know, um, the script coordinator position, which is same as writer assistant, but just mm-hmm. if it's two of you, then one is like the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when when second time around got canceled, um, I got a little concerned because, like I said, it wasn't during a hiatus time. Sure. It was like in the middle of a season. I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a whole nother level of experience. Mm-hmm. But um, one on one, Yanetta Boone wound up doing a, a spinoff of one on one called Cuts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it split her writers' rooms and her you know writers and execs and stuff. So she needed that? yeah. So she needed uh, Kyla Pratt and them wound up. Mm-hmm. Be staying one on one. I think Ray J joined the show, and then Cuts was okay. uh, Omar Gooding and mm-hmm. some other people. I can't remember, but um, yeah. So they one on one was already in its fifth season. That was the most unique experience for me because at this point, my entire time of being in LA, I've worked on all pilots. Okay, and whether they got picked up or not or whatever, I was still there from the, the day one right mm-hmm. to kind of come in in the fifth season and everybody else already knows each other mm-hmm. and has already blended in their family and that. that was i felt so uncomfortable because it was mm-hmm. this is my first experience now being on a show mm-hmm. 
where like you know it was uh, trying to get to know everybody mm-hmm. and like well, I always was... ask everybody about what is the prep like before you come on like when you know you're going to be staffed on a show this wasn't staffed already though. this existing. was still this was still typing I was still okay. yeah okay. There's, I this none of this, this is the thing the crazy part of my I've never been staffed this is the okay. crazy part about my really funny. yeah so after one on one I'm at one on one and this is this is me now speaking to the universe and speaking to the existence the whole time I was there I kept thinking. Like, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. I don't think I want to be here. It felt different. Hmm. It had nothing to do with the people per se. Mm-hmm. It just felt different coming into the fifth season. Sure. Out every show I've done this point was the pilot and just being literally team, from day right. one, watching how all the characters develop, yeah. getting the phone call, hearing the show was picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just there from day right. one. Mm-hmm. Being in the middle of it and they're already there, I'm like, I feel like I was playing catch up and everybody knew mm-hmm. each other. They had their own little bonding yeah, and... Yeah, yeah. It was like transferring, going to a new school, and yep. it was just all, it was <laughs> awkward. And I kept saying, I don't think I want to be here. I don't think I want to be here. Mm-hmm. I kept saying that, and mm-hmm. but I didn't want to, you know, not have a job. Sure. So to yourself, walk, you were saying Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't say it to anybody else. I said it to myself. <laughs> Walking into the Paramount lot, I, um, <laughs> my phone rings. I answer the phone, and you know, the person on the other end says, can I speak to Kelly Griffin? And I said, she's, this is Ruben Cannon. Wow, Ruben. <laughs> yeah. Now, the funny part was he paused, and I'm not sure if I was supposed to go, oh, my God, Ruben Cannon. Was he, quick, <laughs> wait, wait, was, he, was he waiting for that, let me give her some time. Yes. Yeah, sweet. like, right. And yes. then we can talk. And you gave him nothing. You were like, right? and? <laughs> and? Actually, because in my mind, my mind started raising real fast thing, and one, Ruben Cannon, Ruben Cannon, Ruben Cannon. And then I, you know, for people who don't know, he's the he was a casting director yes. of the color purple, mm-hmm. yes, and in turn director, and he's the one Oprah talks about mm-hmm. all the time that got mad because she called mm-hmm. about one if she got the part or not. But yeah, he's a big producer. But yeah, he calls in my mind I'm like, why the hell? Why is Ruben Cannon calling me? Mm-hmm. I don't know him. He don't know me. What the, right. you know, it's a random phone call, mm-hmm. but it was. It was like this is Ruben Cannon. It was silence. And, <laughs> and then I was like, and how'd you get my number? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so. Come to find out, Ralph Farquhar had referred me to him. Uh-huh. I can probably count on one hand how many conversations I had with Ralph. Um, but he was executive producer of Parkers, mm-hmm. and then, of course, executive producer the second time around, which, mm-hmm. like I said, got canceled after 12 episodes. I'm a writer's assistant, just did my job, but didn't really... I didn't, you don't know who's watching you, who notices or anything yeah. like that. And other than the freelance episode I got of the Parkers, I hadn't written anything else. I mean, I had mm-hmm. my own little stuff on the side, but sure. I don't know how, like, I'm a writer who knows I can write or whatever, but... Um, Ruben had called Ralph because Tyler Perry was trying to start a sitcom mm-hmm. and needed writers. Mm-hmm. And so Ruben figured he'll call Ralph and get some referrals. And sure. my name came up. I was like, okay. <laughs> so Ruben asked me if I could send him something for Tyler to read. <laughs> <laughs> this was hilarious because I, um, I had, I think I've written a Sex in the City spec and a Bernie Mac spec. I just okay. had yeah. for myself. And he said, no. And he's, he said, Tyler has to read what Tyler knows, and Tyler doesn't watch those things. So I was like, okay. So I was like, well, well what does he watch? Who doesn't know the two Tyler top watches shows on Tyler TV. shit. Yeah. So I said, okay, <laughs> can I get back to you? We don't watch Bernie Mac when Bernie Mac okay. was on. Okay, let me shut up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't. So what I did was, again, I keep dating my age, <laughs> Blockbuster was still popular. <laughs> It only closed I, two, three years ago. I man. went to Blockbuster <laughs> and I rented all of Tyler Perry's DVDs from all the stage plays and stuff because oh, that's okay. what he had. At, he, at this so point, he didn't even have the show yet. 
But he didn't have a show. Mm-hmm. He did he Dive Mad Black Woman was not out yet. Only mm-hmm. people knew him is if you followed his plays in New Medea. Right. Other than that, you didn't right. know who Tyler Perry was. Mm-hmm. I heard his name before, I really didn't know who he was. I remember okay. being at the WDA and it, his one of his agents at the time that he had when he first before Diary, they were talking about, Yeah, Tyler Perry, we're about to do this movie and I'm like, I know the stage plays. Mm-hmm. I know they ain't trying to make a movie. Like, okay, well let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all the plays became movies. So <laughs> But uh yes, yeah, so I watched them all. And I don't know why, but uh, I picked the one I hated the most. So, Meet the, meet the Browns. <laughs> I'm not lying. I hated that. I hated that play. I hate Mr. Brown. Like, mm-hmm. I hate the way he talks. I hate mm-hmm. all of it. And But I, I found something. Dave Chappelle was big at the time. Mm-hmm. And he used to do that thing. I, I, think, I think it was Dave Chappelle, right? He goes, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah. Like that. Something about that and, and, <laughs> and, and, and Brown came into my mind. Hmm. So at the end of the play of Meet the Browns, Pop Brown dies. So I was like, I'm going to write a script then, starting with the reading of the will, and go from there. And so I wrote um, a Meet the Browns script and, you know, put that line in there with mm-hmm. Brown getting the will, saying mm-hmm. he was rich bitch and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, did stuff like that. Um, I put the dumbest jokes ever <laughs> into this script. Stuff that I would never have written for myself in mm. a million years. Mm-hmm. And this is another lesson learned. When you're writing on a show, mm-hmm. whoever the showrunner is, whoever the person is who created the show, you're writing for their voice, not mm-hmm. your own voice. True. So even though I hated Meet the Browns, hated the character, and I would never write Brown saying anything mm-hmm. for it was going to Tyler, so I had to write the same dumb stuff that was in the play True. because that's what he liked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wrote. And I, I mean, I had, I say dumb yeah. stuff. Yeah, I... I called it. Did you write pretty smart? I called a seance. <laughs> I, I called it a Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was it was dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Went to FedEx. I'm never gonna forget it because I tell everybody. I can't remember whether or not it's um, Eddie Murphy's Raw or Delirious, but the one where he talks about Jesse Jackson running for president and white people getting drunk, going in and voting, and the next day waking up and going, oh, shit, he won. He won? Yeah. Like that, that's how I felt. That was your moment. I laughed, dropped that into the FedEx box, cracked <laughs> the hell up. People were like, did you write this? I'm like, yeah, I wrote that dumb shit. I sent it. He ain't going to call, whatever. And then the phone rang, and they are like, Tyler loves your script. And I was really? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. He said, <laughs> I'm going to be in L.A., because he was going to be uh, editing and editing Bay on Coenga, mm-hmm. di- uh, editing Diary of Mad Black Woman, mm-hmm. which was one that that first movie, yeah, that was right. a big Jimmy one, Lee's, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, "Can you come meet me?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> and I so I went and I met him. And he's <laughs> like, "You captured my voice. You and I are one and the same." It was like <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> what is happening yeah. right now?" <laughs> I have stepped into another dimension. Right, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he asked me the same thing, you know, you know what my experience was, and I didn't have an experience because I had, you know, been uh, social work and, you know, whatever. And um, I was like, uh, I, you know, <laughs> this, I just, this just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, see, people hate us. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, because we can do this, and, and we didn't go to school for it. People hate us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he says, do you have any other friends that write? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, why don't you come to my house and, and bring them? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going to take back that said I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> From now on. This is amazing. <laughs> so uh, I did what like 
most presidents do when you surround yourself with a whole bunch of people who know more than you do, so uh-huh. you make yourself look good. I, you know, called a friend who was a comedian. I called a friend of mine who was um, a writer, but she's married to a pastor because I was like, I need some, Terry. I'm going to need some scripture Terry. stuff. Hi, yeah. Terry. I'm going to need some scriptures. I'm going to need, like, yes. I was literally just like, I'm going to call this person, that person, whatever. And next thing you know, we're sitting in the living room in Malibu at his house and coming up with House of Pain. Wow. Which wasn't called House of Pain at the time. Uh, it went from it had a couple different titles, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. And then uh, we wrote ten so episodes. So you guys there working at first? No, we just went to his house. He just told us what he was looking for. He wanted to do a show about three generations living under one roof. And someone was like, you know, he said he's a fireman. And someone said it would be funny if he was a fireman, but his house burned down. That's why he had to move in. And they like maybe his wife was on crack. It was this whole little thing mm-hmm. that went from there. <clears throat> And he's like, okay, good. And he was literally packing while we were talking because he was walking out the door. Really? And he's like, okay, well, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can stay. <laughs> he did. He's like, I got to go. Somewhere not, do we have contracts? I can't remember. But he, he wanted 10 episodes. Did he leave keys for us to lock the door? <laughs> did he leave the house? <laughs> I can't remember what happened, honestly. Did he leave us there? That's funny. I know Ruben was there. Was Ruben there? Someone else was there. But he, yeah, he wound up having to leave or whatever. So he left. We all left. But um, so we, me, Terry, and some other people sat in my uh, my kitchen table really? and wrote uh, ten episodes. Wow. He paid us off. I think we had like ten thousand episodes or whatever, mm-hmm. and sent them in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then they shot the ten. I want to say they shot the ten, and then they had a deal with. Not TBS, whoever they had to deal with her at the time, but it might have been TBS, but I think it was to deal with the company who bought it at first was right. if the ratings uh, reach this level, then you have to buy oh, 90s. Yeah, I remember they were doing, showing a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and they were like building the audience and trying to figure out whether or not the show Yeah, was right. Stay. So then if it hit this mark, then they had to guarantee them that they were going to do X mm-hmm. amount more. I think it was 90 more. That's 1090, sure. the 1090 model now mm-hmm. they call it. Um, so I didn't hear from him for like months. Like that was it. We made our little money, wrote the show mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. Um, and then someone called me, my friend Anita Cal. I remember this because it was on the phone, and she said, "Did you ever hear back from Tyler Perry?" And I was like, "No." And my phone clicked, and I clicked over, and he said, "Are you ready?" And just, <laughs> That's funny. And they said, "No, I was moving to Atlanta." I went to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I was his head writer for 126 episodes. Wow. <laughs> Who the fuck knew, man? I was like, because <laughs> wow. y'all wrote that shit. Fast. Oh my god! hundred. Ep- oh my god! Yeah. Let, now I know you got to go soon. Yeah. But let's just talk about how did you run that room, knowing what you learned on the Parkers and all the other shows that you worked on. Um. You know what? I got to be honest with you. It was the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. It was. Um. I never ran a room before. I never been staffed on a show before. Yeah. I've been a writer's assistant up until this point. <laughs> wrote my Parkers episode, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm head writer. Mm-hmm. Um. But Tyler, you know, he had never done a show, never directed, nothing like that. But mm-hmm. he had gotten uh, Ruben Cannon, who had producing skills, and Roger mm-hmm. Bob, who had DGA skills, and mm-hmm. got me because I had some some writer's room skills. Mm-hmm. And between the three of us, we kind of made it happen for him. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, brought in all these other writers and... I just went by what I kind of knew from the Parkers. And, sure. you, know, you know, I knew what the scene structure and the act breaks and stuff like that just based on... The way I've seen it mm-hmm. done for the seasons that I was so in the Did Parkers, you pretty much structure it after the Parkers pretty yeah, much? Or? Yeah, I just, yeah. I used it because I was the writer assistant. I had all the episodes sure. in my computer. I just template and everything. Used it, yeah, yeah, cut and paste and changed all the names <laughs> and just did stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then, you know, it was a 
family sitcom. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had people who were married, people had kids, people who were divorced, whatever. And we just talked okay. about episodes and just okay. kind of did it. But the, it got it got hectic because he wanted us to come up with all 100 episodes up front. So we, we, we went to Baltimore. It's a whole nother crazy part. He flew us all to Baltimore because he was doing a play in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He was like, come to Baltimore. We're like, okay. So we all flew to Baltimore, hmm. watched the play, right. <laughs> and then stayed in a hotel for an entire week. Coming up with all 100 episodes. Not writing episodes. We just had to come up with storylines for all 100 episodes. And then once we actually got back to Atlanta and started writing, probably by episode 10, all that shit changed. Really? Yeah, because he decided he didn't like some particular character anymore who was in the whole damn series. (laughs) And that changed everything. So all the work we had done didn't matter. And so, yeah, it was insane. So, yeah. But the writing fast part did come because we shot three episodes a week. And uh, he so he did not believe in beat sheets. He did not believe in outlines. Um, he you said he believe in them. No, I would give him a beat sheet, and he was like, "Okay, I don't. What is this?" And I'm like, "This is the episode. I need you to read it and tell me yeah. what you think." And he was like, "I, I don't. It just they're just lines. I don't know what this means. This is like seriously." Wow. So I was like, "All right." So we go to the outline and like try to really flesh it out mm. more or whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, I I need to hear it." That's what he was saying. Huh. So then we were just, okay, so I'm just going to just write the script. And then uh, he was like, that way he could hear it and then decide whether or not he liked it or not. That's a lot so of work. So we wound up from that point on just writing scripts. scripts. We oh never did God. beat sheets and outlines ever again. So did you put them on the board for you? There was no board. It was like, yeah, we literally really. was just like, okay, here's what needs to happen in this episode. Take notes. And you're like, boom, 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 boom. Really? Person just go and go write it and wow. come back. And here's the crazy part. He did not hear it until the day of. We're shooting the day we have a table read. That would be the first time he's hearing it. Would be at that moment, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just like okay. Uh, <laughs> so my stomach was like I would feel sick mm-hmm. every morning, not sure if he's gonna like it or not because we're shooting today, and I'm hoping he likes it. Otherwise, what the hell? Right. Out of the hundred first hundred episodes, he. Be pretty much like 75 or something like that, but the other 25, it got a little ugly. Mm-hmm. And you had to hurry up and do a rewrite or something. And then shooting three episodes a week, the cast was worn out. Mm-hmm. And he would come to me in the hallway, I never forget this, and he mm-hmm. would say, uh, so the whole cast is tired, I'm going to give them the day off. Um, <laughs> but I need you to write an episode with just Lance. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, because we're going to give everybody off and just, I'm like, a whole episode with nobody, I said, can they be in the beginning and then maybe come back at the end? He goes, no, they're all going home, they're, they're off. <laughs> The whole cast. <laughs> I'm like, can I add some guest cast? And he was like, yeah. So I came up with this, these two crazy characters, Pookie and Peanut. Yeah. And added them to make them Calvin's friends on the show. Mm-hmm. We did a party episode, whatever. But I wrote that. And we were shooting the next day. And I wrote that episode. Wow. And it was insanity. So wow. I learned to write super, super fast mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Lots of rewrites mm-hmm. on the days where he just hated an episode. Mm-hmm. But again... Because he didn't hear it in advance. He didn't get the script like most shows do. You get it a whole week before you're shooting. Then you have run-throughs. You have notes and rehearsals. And Mm -hmm. go do a rewrite. Come back out have another Mm run-through. Go do another rewrite. And then we shoot. Mm -hmm. No, he would not even know what the hell's happening in the episode until he got the script the day Mm -hmm. of the table read. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. And that's like draft one. So, knowing all that, to me what that says is that even though for you the experience might have been like, oh my God, hectic, I bet you. It taught you a lot when you did your own show 
read between the lines. Yeah, well, that, of... well, he's the reason why I saw read between the lines. That's the way I look at it. I was at at when we. I mean, most people know we had like a falling out um, because of the, the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. At this point, when we got to hundred and something episodes, we were like, okay, I don't have any health insurance. Like, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know, you you got to join the union or do something. Mm-hmm. I even said, hey, just. Give us all some uh, bonus checks. I just need to get some health insurance, yeah, you know, whatever. Because yeah. we weren't getting that twenty three thousand dollars I got for that Parker's episode. Not even close. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, it was because it was non union. He determined the script fee. He determined mm-hmm. the weekly salary. He determined all the annual health insurance, whatever. And I got pink eye, and I remember sitting. There. I was in the Atlanta Free Clinic. Yeah. I'm like, why am I? And then you're filling up the paperwork, and I'm putting down my job, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I work for Tyler Perry. <laughs> And I'm sitting there with a wet cloth <laughs> on my eye, filling this paperwork. Well, and this makes no sense. Yeah, and definitely. and basically just approached him again. I was like, please, you, we got to get, yeah. you know. And, and it didn't go as we had hoped. Sure. So we parted ways. And um, for a year, I took a break because I was, I was exhausted. I'm sure. Um, this was, I mean, nonstop. Did you guys were there how long? How long did we get for a year? I was there for a couple of years, but that okay. first hundred was in the first eleven months. Wow. Um, they wound up doing like two hundred ninety four, yeah. I think, by the time I was all said and done or something like that. But it was insane. But yeah, so basically, what happened was, um, I took the year off, and I assumed I made a very bad assumption. I assumed because at this point I was a head writer for a sitcom. Because mm-hmm. again, I don't know. I still don't know this business. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I knew as a head writer for a sitcom, I shouldn't have a problem getting another job. That was, you know. <laughs> but uh, everywhere I went, um, it didn't matter. First of all, we shot in Atlanta. I lost mm-hmm. all my L.A. contacts. Mm-hmm. People used to call me for stuff. When I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm in Atlanta. Eventually, they just stopped calling because right. I was not here wow. to even go. It could be a party, a barbecue, whatever. My phone stopped ringing because I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. So I lost a lot of my networking stuff. Um, sure. And then on top of that... I didn't realize that the mainstream people out here really weren't fans of Tyler mm-hmm. and didn't respect the work. So mm-hmm. having down that I was the head writer for a show hurt me more than it helped me. Wow. Because, you know, they were like, okay, that's not helping you at all. And it's not like, even her voice take, at all. Take right. it off your resume. Right. I was writing for his voice, yeah. not my own voice, mm-hmm. but it looks like because I was the head writer that therefore this is what I was doing. We this are souls together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they figured this is who I am. And uh, so anyway... Bottom line is, a year goes by, money money is dwindling down, dwindling mm-hmm. down, dwindling. I gotta get a job. I gotta get a job, and it was getting really like to crunch time. Mm-hmm. And I heard that BET was doing scripted, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Tamara Gregory was the exec that I was told was in charge. I was looking for her everywhere, couldn't find her. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, she had just gotten that position. That's why I couldn't like I googled her. I really I was like you know mm-hmm. nothing was coming up really, but um. Went to uh, Facebook, found her on Facebook. <laughs> that damn Facebook. Sent her a message, <laughs> asked for a meeting. I wound up getting a meeting. I let her read some scripts and stuff that I had. Come to find out, BT was TV 14, which I didn't know, and my mm. stuff was too racy. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Um, and I left. And then a month after that, when it got like below crunch time, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I got no money. Like, seriously, right. this has been a year now. I'm ready to get back to work. Um, I went back to her. I called. I called. And I was. I remember because I was at the dog park with my dog, and it was a Friday at four thirty. And I mm. said, "Okay, you said you like me. You said you like my writing, but I didn't have what mm. you guys were looking for. So tell me what you're looking for." And she was like, "Well, we're thinking about doing a show about a black female psychologist along the lines of the Bob Newhart show." Oh, okay. So I said, "Okay, can I think about it a weekend and you know give you some ideas on Monday?" She right. said, "Yes." And remember when I did the Tyler thing? Remember I went and watched all his mm-hmm. DVDs and then basically did it. Mm-hmm. 
I went home. Hulu.com had six seasons of the Bob Newhart show. Oh my god! I watched the first had season. Had a of, marathon oh, viewing. I watched the first season of Bob Newhart Friday night. Saturday I was trying to think of ideas, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just write a script." And I wrote a script. I duplicated. <laughs> wait, wait, you wrote, wrote a script? script. Yes. <laughs> I duplicated the Bob Newhart show. Wow. They everybody called it Cosby one because it's a professional black family with kids and right. because Malcolm's in it, whatever. Right. But if you want, again, dating my age, if you watch the Bob Newhart mm-hmm. show, he had a stay-at-home wife, so I gave her a stay-at-home husband. He shared a floor with a dentist or somebody. Mm-hmm. They had a receptionist and whatever. So I added a receptionist and added another character that mm-hmm. shared the same floor with her. Like I literally, mm-hmm. but I gave him some kids mm-hmm. because they were looking for a family sitcom, right. Bob Newhart didn't have kids. That's the only difference of the right, right. show. Emailed it on Monday. Wow. <laughs> You see this? This, 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 is, this is beast-like okay. work. This is what I'm like, about. She called and she was like, okay, I haven't read anything. Did you just send me a script? And I said, <laughs> I'm Kelly Griffin. Okay. <laughs> I said, yes, I did. I, and then uh, she was like, okay. Like, you know, that, that, all right, we'll read it and get back to you. It was like, you know, the whole thing. And um, she, was, she really was like, but I didn't tell you anything. I just told you a show about a black female psychology. But she doesn't know at this point that I'm working with Tyler. He's in the hallway talking about Calvin needs to have a party. Like, you know, <laughs> so that one line, okay, all right, I'm, I'm good. And mm-hmm. so I did the, the, the script and sent it. And she read it. And she called me on Wednesday and said she liked it. And she asked me to make one change. Um, I did it. And then she was like, all right, I'll send it to my boss. And then my next phone call was business affairs and wow. asked me if I could sign a contract for the script. Wow. Signed the contract. Uh, I called a friend of mine. I'm like, I need an attorney. She was like, she went to college with Daryl Miller. Mm-hmm. She called him up and said, I need a favor. My friend needs a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. I didn't have to pay him anything. Or he repped me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> went over my BET contract. Um, basically did the pilot. They announced it in Deadline Hollywood. I got phone calls then from managers and wow. agents saying, you know, are you represented? Or if so, That's are you happy with your representation? They don't even like, look for you. I'm not even looking for you, but as soon as I get some blood in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. Are you repped? And if so, are you happy with your representation? That's the mm-hmm. question. And then um, found that they're getting 13 episodes. And after 13 episodes, found that it's going to be 26 episodes. And, wow. You know, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wound up not up. I, I left after 13 episodes. Um, but I, because I created, which was another thing that was crazy, that green envelope, mm-hmm. that freaked me out mm-hmm. because, um, 26 episodes go, BET also does, uh, repeats all the time. They, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. A lot. Yeah. They do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get a big manila envelope from the writer's guild. <laughs> I didn't open it for a couple of days. Cause I'm thinking it's like, sometimes they send you pension writer yeah, stuff, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a green envelope, so therefore, I, I, a couple days later, I'm finally sitting on my mail, and there was 26 checks in there because as a creator, I get a check for every, every episode, time, even right. though I didn't write all That's 26. Right. Right, right. And I was like, right. oh my God. Like, <laughs> I need to create a new some lesson. more shows. <laughs> that was it. I was like, oh, from this point, I'm just going to create shit. Like, it was yes. like, and I, yes. I had no clue. I, like that, them checks really did sit for a couple of days because mm-hmm. I didn't know it. It was a manila envelope. I didn't mm-hmm. open it. I really just thought it was some other kind of mail. I did not know <laughs> it wasn't green, so I ain't rushed to open it. Right. And at all that, and from that point on, all the reruns and stuff, and you just get checks. Mm-hmm. And I just kept tripping out. I'm like, oh my god. So now, I'm getting paid mm-hmm. for everything. So I didn't need to even be on the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to continue working mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It longs it reruns. I get something because right. I, I created can go it. On and, right. do something else. and so that's and that's what my law- my lawyers told me this, but I wasn't like she wasn't listening. No, yes. because they said <laughs> they were like you could leave and go work on something else. You create, you'll still get paid. I'm like okay, right? You know, but I didn't know that 
the, right. I'm still thinking like my residual for my mm-hmm. episode of the Parkers. Mm-hmm. I know I wrote the pilot, so I'm gonna get that residual. Yeah, I didn't right. know I was getting 25 beyond that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. so yeah, it was insane. That's so cool. yeah, that was it. That's where I am. You know I know she pressed for time, but can she just tell us really quick about the Bison Project, which yes. is phenomenal. Um, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and your anatomy of a pilot. Yes. I want to get into just a minute. Oh, you know what? The workshop, I gotta, I'm stopped doing those for a second. Um, okay. okay, real quick. I'll do the workshop part first. The anatomy of a pilot, basically what happens is I always get, um, just, I don't know, you might get it too. People always ask you to read your script. Yeah. Can you read this, my script and give me feedback? Sure. And I was doing that for people for a while and I was always coming across the same notes or the same mistakes, the same mm-hmm. errors, whatever. And that would wound up, end, end up, Sending people emails with feedback. You need to do this. You need to do mm-hmm. that. You need to do that. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm tired of repeating myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to gather everybody together <laughs> <laughs> and just tell everybody at once. Right. Here's what should happen with your pilot. Uh-huh. And d- again, this is really just based on what I have now witnessed all these years sure. from typing pilots mm-hmm. and seeing what got picked up and what didn't and hearing the network notes and stuff and what, why didn't or stuff like that. It mm-hmm. wasn't. Because I sold a bunch of pilots. It was just because I had just, I had been the pilot typer for years. Um, And then sold my own, which honestly, I think today, if I tried to sell that same pilot for Read Between Lines, I wouldn't have sold, but Mm. they were new and scripted. So, you know. (laughs) They needed something, right? Um, But anyway, uh, so the anatomy pilot, I was like, okay, I'm doing this and I would charge people and have them come in. And with the fee, you got the whole day with me. We watched clips of pilots. Mm-hmm. I explained character stuff, you know, script structure, format, everything. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, once the pilot, once the class was over, I still read your pilot and gave you notes. And you got to sit in on a writers group with me and my manager. Shut up. So all that was in there. Then my guilt set in again. For her cheap little fee that she be charging. <laughs> yeah, and it was a cheap little fee. But get better. my guilt set in again. Even my little cheap fee. My guilt mm-hmm. set in because I'm. I'm always preaching about education overall, like mm-hmm. just college, whatever, and how stuff should be free. No one should have to pay to learn. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, I'm just going to do it for free. So the last one I did was free. Oh, really? Bitch! Bitch! <laughs> and you didn't because call me and tell me I'm so I could come sorry. and sit in? I'm no, the one all the time. Kayla, you need to try to get <laughs> Is she trying to work on a pilot now? So yeah, right. well, hey, didn't I, I'll let you know when I do it again. But yeah, I was really just like, yeah, I feel bad for charging because mm. I just want to be able to just share my knowledge because, you know. That's kind of why we do this, you know what? too. That's you know? admirable. That was yeah. it. So I did that and that was it. But then, you know, I... I it took away from reading everybody else's scripts. It was taking away from my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I had to put it on hold for a little while. So I'll get back to it one day and I'll be okay. it. Now, the Howard Project is uh, basically, because I, I went to Howard, um, and like you said, Howard Mafia. I cannot <laughs> go anywhere in this business and not run to somebody who went to Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody's on it. And I jokingly said a couple of years ago, I said, we should all do a movie together. Mm. So we just get all the actors and everybody produce and we direct and we just do it together. A ton of people mm. come out of Howard. posted it on Facebook a couple years ago. And people were like, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. I laughed it off and gave it no more thought. Mm. Um, a month ago, talking to my girlfriend... And again, trying to like, what's my next move? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, maybe you stop writing, not stop writing altogether, but maybe you should do a call for scripts and maybe produce somebody else's script. Because you keep reading them anyway, so just mm-hmm. find one good one, right. attach yourself to it and go from right. there. So I was like, yeah. I was like, but I feel like I want to switch from TV now. Mm. I was like, you know, I should do my Howard thing. So wow. I posted again just to see what would happen. <laughs> and the shit just took off. Like the response, is yeah, huge. it has been insane, and everybody 
I first of all, I found about the number of execs that went to Howard in this business that I didn't even know about. But right. um, there's agents, at, there's an agent at CAA, manager, uh, Adesua, um, who's at Metamorphic Entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. My lawyer, uh, Julian Petty, who's um, went to Howard, graduated magnum cum laude at that. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, uh, Tiffany Smith, I, I, she's gonna be mad if I pronounce her last name wrong. It's like oh. I, I know why he, I just, it's um, Samoan. Um, she is a VP at, VP, at, at yeah, CBS. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Lane Eskridge works for Ellen DeGeneres' company. Like, mm -hmm. like they all went to yeah. Howard, so they all kind of just started coming on board, saying, "I'll, I'll take a meeting with the finalists. I'll take a meeting with the That's finalists, awesome. whatever." And it's yeah. like, so now, yeah, we gotta do some serious fundraising because I'm like, okay, first of all, to get meetings with all these execs is huge for anybody, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, I can't get meetings with all of them, mm -hmm. but it's so many of them now. I don't even know how we can even... We, if the person doesn't live in L.A., we have to bring him out here. I got to try to coordinate. Mm. Now, how are we going to get this person to have meetings with all these people in the same week? I can't... Right. Like, I got to narrow right. down people's schedules now right. to make this happen. But, yeah, it's huge that they're mm -hmm. all on board. And then Nikita Adams, she used to be a development exec for Forrest Whitaker. Okay. Um, not for but she reported to Forrest Whitaker. He was the chairman of this particular company. Uh, she's going to read the top 10 scripts, and she's going to give script notes to the finalists. Whoa. Man. Or whatever, and she all Howard people, and they just like so. Right now, our wish list still is uh, Charles King at okay. uh, William Morris, yeah, Adetta Watkins at Warner Brothers, Nicole Bernard at Fox, mm -hmm. and then the biggest person of all for us right now, because Atlanta has so much film being there, mm -hmm. is uh, Kasim Reed is the mayor. Man. He's only like 44. He went Man. to Howard. Hmm. And they just opened an entertainment and film division in the mayor's office. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, so I've been talking to the people in his yeah, office. They about all shoot there in Atlanta. Shoot shot in Atlanta. <laughs> make him an exec producer oh, or something like that. But I was like, you know. You know what, Kelly? With your track record, <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> like you saying. It's, it's a like, given. It's yeah. a given. Like, She's a finisher. It's you a know, given. Closer. It's been, just send me an invitation to come see the finished product and eat my popcorn. <laughs> I feel very, very blessed. This has been weird and like exciting and mm. it gets a little scary sometimes. I tell people like it's like construction where, you know, you get assigned to build a mall or whatever mm -hmm. and you're working. Then once it's done, you back out of work, you gotta start all over again. Sure. You know, so mm -hmm. it's it's a it's definitely a hard business. Yeah. Um, so you go through financial up and downs and you know, one minute, you know, a couple years ago I was in Cabo like every other week. Like I was like, yeah. <laughs> Now I'm like, yeah, so let's... Uh, <laughs> and now she got kids. We got yeah, to do the staycation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to think about this a little more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're hoping to choose a script by, the, I think it was December 31st, like New Year's Eve, it was the end of December. Mm -hmm. uh, so Are you we getting wanna, them in yet? No, we start August 3rd. We okay. start accepting submissions. And I think... I want to say September 28th. It goes mm -hmm. into the end of September. It might get extended because mm -hmm. someone made a good point about all the film and TV students at Howard will be just returning to school in uh, August. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we might give them an extra month to okay. maybe turn in October or something like that. Sounds, something. Sounds right. yeah. yeah, so I don't know. We're still, still figuring all that part out. Mm -hmm. um, we're also um, in talks with uh, Final Draft, Ink Tip, and Writers Boot Camp to see okay. if they I can were... hook you up with the Final Draft people. Oh, really? Want... Okay, yeah, cool. To get, them well. the, to get them to you know, offer you know, mm -hmm. more prizes. Right. So we yeah, just no keep doubt. building up the prizes. Right. And... Mm -hmm. Go Final Draft. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Um, and then Tanya Kersey, she didn't go to Howard, but uh, you're a good friend. She does mm -hmm. the, the Hollywood Black Hollywood Film Black Festival. Film. Mm -hmm. She's offered to screen whatever the film is um, in the 2016 oh, festival. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we're supposed to talk about that. Um, so yeah, it's 
It is. I haven't. I, I made a post on Facebook. Like, <laughs> and right now, you claimed it though, right? Claiming <laughs> and it is. It's kind of doing its own thing. Yeah. I'm just excited to um, the end of September, beginning of October, to start reading okay. scripts and mm-hmm. you know see if we can get something. Right. You know, so yeah, some ancestor back in the day <laughs> who sat down and said, "You know what? <laughs> in the future, it's gonna all come down, right. and it is you." Okay. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, yeah, thank you. So, this has been a really good. We're going to have you back again. Yeah, that was a I lot. Th- that was a lot. That's just a lot. my you know my what? my story. I'm no, sorry. That was just you no, know, because it was weird. No, no, no there was lots of game in there though. And yeah, and just. We definitely have to have her come back in yeah. terms of talking about more in terms of like what she looks for in terms of your yes, writing, we, yeah, yeah, we got more talk about yeah my actual writers room mm-hmm. the experience and all the writers that I bring on board with me. Yeah. I have table reads and stuff in my house and stuff like that. Awesome. And then we could talk about the Bison Project when you yeah we can talk about that and then the scripts. I got I have four pilots out there floating around right now, okay. so we'll see what happens with all these networks. But I you know so and, and maybe goes. I can offer offer because we do this. Every week, where like we do these back to back to back on certain days, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but maybe we'll even offer like the finalist or the winner, you know, to come on the show. Come and talk and we can on the show about the experience. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, like a device our, our, in love. New, our newbie writer. <laughs> we call it our newbie writer. Exactly. Our baby writer seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are all over the world right now. So yeah, we got that, thousands that's of awesome. So. Yeah, this was great. This is really yeah. great. I'm, I'm glad. so glad we finally got a chance yeah. to have you talk. I am too. Because your story is so phenomenal. It's, and it's a different story. And your blessings story. were like, like, like I tell you people, her journey is like, she she didn't heed the call. They was like, mm-hmm. coming to her. She's like, no. no. <laughs> it's like the perfect hero's journey, you know? I reject it. The sages I embrace it. Now I'm going to sacrifice this motherfucker. You know, I got to say. And the I, dark I, night of the soul. <laughs> and then Ruben Cannon called. And yeah. you're like, what? And it's just everything. That's why I am right now, though. Mm. That's why I said with the Howard Project, and other, I had to go back to 14 years ago mm. and not stress about it. Mm-hmm. Once you kind of get in this business and you start really chasing the check and this and the other, then you're like, I got to write, I got to write, I got to write, I got to do this, I got to sell another show. Mm-hmm. And it gets more stress and nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. And I had like this little like down period where like ain't nothing happening. Yeah. No, I didn't care then. And everything was just kind of going. And I was like, no, nah, I can do that. And then what just happened? So I'm like, okay, I got to go back mm-hmm. to this laid back attitude. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I posted the Howard thing. It's been kind of doing its thing. And mm-hmm. I'm not stressing about it. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, so and I'm not awesome. looking at it for money. It's right. you know, this is like giving back. Yeah, we're just gonna mm-hmm. get get some writers here. We 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 gotta raise funds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna be doing Kickstarter and some other stuff, and hopefully well, some we'll alumni will you, donate. You, but yeah, this is not. Well, when you're ready, we'll definitely blast it on the show every week and let people know who will go to Howard because we awesome. have lots of people in DC who listen to this and everywhere. All you right, know, cool. Atlanta, go Howard. everywhere, no doubt. <laughs> well, look. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Kelly Griffin, y'all. I know y'all need to be at home applauding. <laughs> I swear, if anybody actually is at home clapping, that, that's a little, that's Somebody a little scary. Somebody up there, look. Sitting by themselves, clapping, <laughs> listening exactly. to iTunes. Exactly. <laughs> so, a little scary. Is there uh, any place that people can follow you? You're on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on tw- I don't tweet, really. I tweet when I have a project. Otherwise, I don't tweet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, was it Kelly R. Griffin? It's K-E-L-L-I-E-R Griffin. His Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and then the Facebook page. I I think it's. I think you just look at the. Project? No, I think it's the Kelly R. Griffin yeah. Bison Project. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have a page where you can like, it, but we also have the group, which I, one is the KRG Bison Project, and one says the Kelly R. Griffin Bison Project. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, was, I didn't get consistent with it. <laughs> 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 yeah, they changed the format of the page. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I had to go and actually do a group because uh-huh. I couldn't get daily messages out. It mm-hmm. got a little little mm-hmm. hectic. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. And, um, <laughs> and don't don't send me friend requests though. Yeah. Because I got to tell you, I got. As I checked yesterday, it was like 74 friend requests that are sitting there. <laughs> because ever since we launched the project, people keep sending me friend requests. Oh, but okay. I, I, I know. I know it's social media. I'm not that social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really so just, just like the page, people. Yeah, right. you like the page. <laughs> and then when I see we only have like one mutual friend, I'm really probably not going to add. And I'm not even trying to say like being mean, but I just feel like I, I, I got to create a separate page probably. Right. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's like, you know, I post about my kids or I post mm-hmm. about... Stuff that I, the people Cute that I know get too, to though. read about, but I, I, I don't know you like. <laughs> I don't know you like that. <laughs> I'm yeah. on Instagram too, but I don't. I, don't, I, okay. I might have posted a picture six but months you know, ago. Here's the deal, though, Kelly. You are in a position, though. You know, being a creator of shows, you you have to be like this a little bit, though. You know, you do. And it feels weird because I want I want people to have access to me to learn stuff and for me to learn from That's them as well. That's what your class is for, though. Yeah, and, but then it's other stuff. I think people just want to scroll through my photos or something. I don't know. I, I get. I, no. I am good with announcing stuff on okay. Facebook and Twitter and so there, but yeah. otherwise, I you know. Yeah, I understand. I really don't want to talk to everybody. Right. <laughs> That's sad. That's really right. sad. And where you at, Lisa? Lisa? Um, I'm on Twitter. Just Lisa Bolakaja. Don't follow me. <laughs> And I appreciate this, the, hearing how you pronounce your last name because I never knew that. Bulacaja. Or you can say Bulacaja if you want to make it sound fancier. But yeah, please don't follow me on or Twitter. Or Lisa B. You said don't follow Don't you follow me on Twitter. She's crazy. That's don't follow me. I'm going to follow you right now. No, because people, they, they don't realize that I, I'm all over the place and I have mm. a lot of stuff and, and there's many sides to me and they get, sometimes they get their feelings hurt when they just think it's one thing and I have to come at some people and say some things and they're like, oh, I didn't know she was so radically reactionary. <laughs> I didn't know she was, all you know, sister yeah. soldier, you know. You know, I thought she was just talking about writing and cute stuff. Yeah, I talk about a lot. So, and plus I get sad when you unfollow me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know, because I, I know something I said. So you said don't follow me to begin with. <laughs> so there you go. That's right. hilarious. And I am your host Hilliard Guest, and I am on Twitter um, at Hilliard Guest. And uh, you guys can listen to the show and follow us on Screenwriters RR on Twitter. And uh, if you guys have any questions, if you want to email us, you know, and all that stuff, you can hit us at ScreenwritersRantRoom at Gmail dot com. So again, you see the type of shows we guys are giving you. We guys. You see the type of shows we're giving you guys, man. You cannot beat this type of shit. So (laughs) thanks to everybody out there. We will see you guys next week. We're going to do it what? Keep it street. Keep it opinionated. And keep it what? 100. (laughs) Oh, hell no. (laughs) Oh. We're going to keep it 100. I I looked over at her. Just waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Really, Robin? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. 100. Here okay. you go. 100. Anyway. 100. Peace, y'all. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bit. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rambo